Hello and welcome to the Sexy Aging Podcast. I'm Tracy Minoknuku, your host. This podcast is part of a suite of tools and resources to help midlifers navigate the challenges that come with health and wellness. Many of the resources have a focus on the menopause transition and the challenges with gaining credible information and support. If you check out www.sexyaging.com and subscribe, you'll be informed of new podcast episodes, new blog posts, and details of my book, My Menopause Memoir. But now, it's time to tune in for today's special guest. I want to give a shout out to a fellow podcaster, Matt Labrie from Decoding Success, which features in the top 1% of podcasts globally. This podcast focuses on disrupting society's definition of success and shines a light on the importance of defining success for ourselves. This can be really challenging as we all wear masks and play roles in society, culture, relationships, career, and it's hard to not get caught up in comparing our success against others. You know what they say, comparison is the thief of joy. Decoding success will have you finishing each episode feeling seen, a part of a community, and ready to get after your own goals and dreams on your own terms. You can find this podcast on all major platforms from Apple to Spotify, iHeart and beyond. You can't stand in the way of Leah Simmons, who has found her purpose and is living life on her terms. The coolest part is that Leah is sharing it with everyone. After years of living overseas as a DJ and working within the music industry, Leah took a 180 to break into the fitness industry. As a certified personal trainer, Pilates and yoga teacher, Leah was challenged to dive deeper and discovered there was more to fitness than the physical body. And Kaya was born. Leah's transformational workout but I'm not going to talk about it. Let's hear it from her. And welcoming to the Sexy Aging Podcast today, I am delighted to be interviewing Leah Simmons. Leah is based in Sydney today, but kind of flip-flops between the tropics. We are the tropical girls. Um, I'm just going to give a little background about Leah, and then she's going to tell us her story, which I'm excited to hear. So we have, uh, we have the commonalities of fitness. And Leah is a certified trained personal trainer, Pilates instructor, yoga teacher. Love all of that. Um, and you are the creator of both an in real life <laughs> or in real person and online, uh, I'd say fitness service, but it actually encompasses four pillars. It's called Kaya. So check it out. And it's spelled K-A-A-I-A. Is that right? A. K -A -A. And another A. I yeah. double A. Four, I'll, I'll tell you why through the yeah through the chat but okay um, yeah awesome and you you sort of offer a mental physical emotional and spiritual um wellness workout workout yeah it's and a workout it's quite unique though I, I absolutely love it I think it brings together all the skill base that you have so tell us about yourself I'm excited to sort of hear <laughs> a little bit of your background and what's happening today and yeah and like where did you get here and how did Kaya come about a lot of questions. Okay. There's a lot, there's a lot in there to unpack. Yes. So first of all, thank you for having me on the podcast. I'm thrilled to be here. Um, 
Oh, where to start? I mean, people sort of ask me, you know, where did you come up with the idea of Kaya? And it wasn't an idea. It was like a culmination of all of my life experiences and sort of um, looking for something that was a solution for me and I couldn't find it, so I created it. But it started actually, um, I mean, I've been in the fitness industry for over 15 years. I, I was actually, previous to that, I was a DJ for 18 years. Get so I out. Was, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I just got to jump in here and say that I think we might be lip sync soul sisters as well. <laughs> Girl, you have got it. Um, I didn't, I wasn't DJing the 80s, um, you know, the music that I put up on my thing. That's just my, like, that's just my dirty secret. <laughs> that's yes, not such I a love it. Anymore. <laughs> now it's not. The, I was a child of the 80s, so. Because yeah. um, 25,000 people are going to hear that right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, no, I was actually, I, um, I was one of the first female DJs in Sydney. I started DJing in 1998. And I was playing record, like vinyl records, and I was one of two. <laughs> it was two of us, and um, it was it was a really interesting space to be in because I, you know, I loved music. I, I did it all through school. Um, I was a singer. I was in every musical. I was that person, you know. And I didn't, I didn't really resonate with the idea of kind of leaving school and then going off to uni and studying more. I really wanted to go out and experience the world. And um, so my parents. Um, had a little bit of a mini heart attack when I was like, I'm not going to uni. I want to be a DJ instead. Um, But they're very supportive, which was great. And, um, you know, I did the whole, I was dating a DJ and I was in the clubs. And this was like, I mean, I feel so sorry for the youth of today that don't get to go out and experience, you know, clubbing like we used to. And um, no, still, actually, (laughs) still. still still clubbing <laughs> sorry well, where? I mean, there's no way to go no. yeah but... no you're right the last couple of years for sure but I think it was like uh 2019 I was in Ibiza <laughs> well so I did um basically my D I, I I kind of much to the male horror of you know because it was such a male dominated industry and it was like why would a girl want to be you know, doing all of this stuff. Um, I loved it, but um, I was actually really good at it and um, started to kind of um, make inroads in the industry and and escalated quite quickly because not only was I good at it, I was a bit of a novelty. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, so it ended up me working for a radio station. We were the first sort of pirate station. In, it was a dance music focus station. And I got encouraged to enter a competition Um way back in 2000 called the Red Bull Music Academy. And it was a global competition. It was the first one that they'd ever held. And they they invited sort of, you know, anybody around the world to enter. And the prize was two weeks in a global city being mentored by the cream of the music industry. Like I'm talking anyone and anyone that was at the top of their game. So DJs, producers, um, you know, heads of um, record labels, all that. It was just this like two week kind of think tank. And they had about 3,000 people apply and 16 people got selected and I was one of them. Oh, my and God. <laughs> I know. And the prize was, so we were, it was in New York. It was going to be this thing. And two days before I was supposed to leave, September 11 happened. And I know, so tra- like devastating um, events. But the, the academy got moved to the following January to London. And so I ended up going to London. I have family over there. My father's English. So um, I thought I'm going to go for the two weeks. I'm going to stay for six weeks and just explore. I was 24. You know, I was like. 
in London. <laughs> in London. During the clubbing. And, oh my God. And I got over there and I just had the best time. Like I I just met, I don't know, everybody. Uh, and um, I got back to Sydney and I'm like, I'm moving to London. <laughs> like, here I come, baby. <laughs> I can't be here anymore. I need to go make my mark overseas. Oh my and gosh. so I did that. And I ended up, I ended up, I was like, and I don't know, I had all these like big kind of visions of me stepping into like Radio 1 and just getting a job because I'd worked at a radio station in Sydney, so why wouldn't they? I had no idea what I was doing. But I think that naivety and that um, kind of innocent, just like no clue actually helped me along the way because I'm like, what do you mean? You know, like there was no self-doubt in that space. I'm like, I'm here, hire me. But I kind of lost, I was like nine months there and just working in a clothing shop because that's, I was trying to, you know, support myself. But I ended up on the last, my last ditch attempt, I I, um, I ended up securing a, a very, very coveted job running a record label over there, a very, an independent breakbeat label. And it was so awesome because I didn't know what I was doing, but I that the guy, the guy was like, you're Australian. I was like, yeah. And he goes, you're a Capricorn. I was like, yeah. And he goes, you're hired. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was the criteria I'm like perfect yeah anyway there was a record store uh we had a record shop a record label and a bar and I was just in heaven in oh Camden. my gosh I mean, so it was like the year 2001 I am just living the dream but my passion for music just got ignited and but I tell you what Tracy it was it was the beginning of six years of like debauchery I did every because I toured around with yeah. all of our DJs. We did every festival in Europe. We toured. We came back to Australia every summer for three months when you know the, you know the festival season's on. Um, it was just like work hard, play hard, party hard the whole time. And um, I didn't know anything about health, or I mean, I knew about health. I was always forty, but I was never into fitness or you know mental. I didn't know what it was. It wasn't anything that I really kind of resonated with and well you were alive ride. every day and living your best life exactly. like why would you I'm need to put that into it other, sort of <laughs> yeah some days I wasn't <laughs> one eye open we got there in the end <laughs> we have another drink okay all yes right, here we go, go. <laughs> but anyway it was um it was six of the best years of my life and what it did was it really showed me how important music is for me um, in an emotional, uh, sort of an, from an emotional standpoint. It can really um, make or break a situation. It's like everything in your life, every experience, to me, almost has a soundtrack that is yes. going on in the background. Oh, you know okay. what I mean? All right, I do need to jump in, and I've done this a few times, but I know that anyone that's listening to this right now, especially anyone who knows me, my girlfriends will be going, oh, my God, Tracy, you're literally talking to your nemesis <laughs> right now. <laughs> every moment has a song right yeah. and when you hear that song it takes you right back to that moment you feel all the feels you go through it again and then you know because we're sort of a bit older <laughs> we probably go oh yeah and this is what I learned out of it so carry totally. on <laughs> no and you know and so with Kaya I was it was really important to me that this the music was a very important part of it but I'll get to that in a minute but so yeah so anyway, I'm still in London um it was around the time when um technology was really having its kind of its moment I mean there's many many moments in technology every day but it was the beginning it was when the iPhone was released it was when mp3 you know so and then iTunes was started to become a thing and all of a sudden um the independent record industry just like the bottom fell out of it because yeah. 
we used to be able to sell a record for like 18 pounds. There was two songs on it. You'd go, you'd like look at it, you'd really have it. But then all of a sudden you could buy that song for a dollar online. Mm. And um, so there was a really big sort of shakeup of the industry and we had to sort of trip, figure out, you know, how we were going to move forward. That time for me was was a bit of a crossroads in that I'd been over there for six years. It was a bit of a Groundhog Day my younger sister was about to have her first baby back in Australia. I was about to turn 30. I was like, oh, my God, Leah, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> you cannot go from nightclubs and nightclubs. This is just, you know, let's grow up. Let's become an adult at some point. And I'm still waiting for that day, by the way. Anyway. Yeah. Um, it's debatable. So I, it is debatable, you know. Like, is, uh, yeah, you can debatable. have these moments where you have to make decisions because you've got independent, you've got dependents, you know, relying on you to be fed and what have you. But, you know, I think you still got to have that childlike love for life, right? Like, we're and, not and, freaking you know, dead. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And life is there to be lived. And I, and I absolutely, you know, I, 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 um, I work to live. I don't live to work. Do you know what I mean? It's a very... Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So... But I, I sort of found myself at this crossroads in my life and I thought I'm going to move back to Australia. I don't really want to be in the music industry and in that capacity anymore. Um, what do I want to do? And every time I'd come back to Sydney um, for a visit, my mum would like drag me off to her Pilates class because she was like, oh my God, you look like you've been living in a nightclub, which I had. <laughs> kind of true. Um, I need to try and like get some health back into your life. And um, when I got back, I was like, you know, it's, it was a method that I really, really resonated with and I loved it so much. And it was, and it wasn't, it, the, Pilates was not a thing back mm. in 2006. It was something that like dancers did to rehab. It was old people's you know that they had a hip replacement yeah it was sort of stretching and it was yeah. nobody knew what it was but and new mums you know like fixing up the pelvic floor and what have you yeah because I tried it female thing like yeah. no guys would ever do it hilariously yeah. enough though um you know now that I work with um sort of elite athletes and and, and football team stuff like that it's um they all were doing it but they were calling it core conditioning it's oh, the yeah. same the same <laughs> yeah. thing. Do, yeah. do you know what I mean? They just yeah. had a different name. So surfers do it and professional yeah. skateboarders and basketball teams, they were all doing some form of Pilates, but they just didn't know what they were doing. So anyway, when I got back, I um, I thought this is an industry or a career that I could actually explore because I loved it so much. I could see and feel the results that I was getting from consistently, um, you know, doing the practice. And so I then embarked at age 30 on a complete like career 180. <laughs> I just went from night to day, literally yeah. from existing in the night to, you know, existing in the daytime. And I went and did my, um, my Cert 3 and 4 personal training certificate. And then I did a two-year studio certification mm. in Pilates. And I was very fortunate enough to be able to work in the studio of the brilliant woman who was training me at the time. And so I sort of, I taught for like eight years. And um, what I started to notice, so let me just, so parallel to that happening, and I think it was 2008, 9, 10, Facebook and Instagram, mm sort of popped up into our, um, you know, into our sort of field. And what you started to see was all of everybody else's business, right? Yeah. You never really knew anybody else's business or, you know, you might get invited over to somebody's like holiday slap slide night or, but you never like, 
it was like going through every photo album of you, you just didn't see that sort of stuff and all of a sudden it was like right in your face and not only was it right in your face it was this like very very perfect curated um version of this person's life mm. and it was just this constant feed and you know I think it was more it was it was like this is what this is for it's to show the best parts of a person's life and I don't think that anybody at that particular point and I've listened to a lot of podcasts with the creators of Instagram stuff I don't think that anybody um had any kind of idea how damaging it was going to be for the mental health of especially young women yes um and it was only as we can and, and you know it's there's one thing to have an intention but then when you get humans involved in actually perpetuating the thing that's when stuff can start to go a little bit um you know skewed because we put we come with a set of conditioning a set of insecurities a set of belief systems around ourselves and that is more often than not what we a try to hide or b inadvertently sort of put out there and so what i was seeing as somebody that was in the fitness industry and somebody that people started to gravitate to for advice or um you know i was becoming a little uh, quite predominant in the fitness scene in Australia my Instagram handle was body by Leah Simmons it was all about training and yep. you know having a healthy body and all that sort of stuff um and what I started to realize was that there was a very big difference between even myself and I'm going to put my hand up and say the reality of what I was putting out versus what it was actually got what was actually going on behind the scenes yeah and this and is what a lot of people won't actually talk about and you continue to see the 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 not real stuff and it's still very in your face. And then there are those people like yourselves that go, you know, fuck it, this is my real life here. I don't think anybody <laughs> has has I, I don't think anybody is under the illusion anymore that all of that stuff is real. Yeah. I think that people have very low tolerance for all of that bullshit now. I think if you're if you're willing to show up and be honest and raw and authentic and say, hey, this is my experience and take it or leave it, that is going to connect you so much more to an 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 audience nowadays. But 10 years ago, mm. it wasn't like that. We didn't talk about um starving yourself to look you know a certain way. You did we didn't talk about the 89 photos that you would take before the photo <laughs> that you were going to put up. We didn't talk about the, you know, the ignoring our children in order to go and get the content. Like there's so much going on behind the scenes that had such a, a, um, a detrimental ripple effect across your life, my life, you know, me, I'm going to talk about me. Um, and I was so, couldn't see it. Like could not see it. Thought that I was here for these strange people, strangers, on the other end of my feed that were validating me by pressing a like button and that was what I was here to do you, and and yeah. I look back on it now and I it just blows my mind at how um how you kind of get sucked into this into this thing and it is such a slippery slope yeah so while um, we're actually talking about this and I know we we have got quite a few other really cool topics to talk about but I just just a question um was there a defining moment where you realized it was what it was, what you've just, you know, said that, you know, you were doing this and it was about the validation of the likes and the follows and what have you. Was there a defining moment where you went, no more? 
Hey, in case you didn't know, I have a new online course coming out in June. It will help you to figure out what is happening with your hormones and what you can do to get your mojo back. I cover the topics of sleep, fitness training, nutrition, stress, community and joy and each module comes with downloadable PDFs so you can start implementing my recommendations and feel better through the menopause transition. I'll be offering preferential pricing for the course to the first 200 subscribers to Sexy Aging website. So tap the link in the show notes to sign up for more information. You can also check out my website for blog posts, all the podcast episodes and links to my book, My Menopause Memoir. Yes. So, I mean, yes and no. So, um, as I started to talk to my clients about um, all of this stuff, because, you know, it's, it's not me. Do you know what I mean? I, you, know, you never kind of go, I, it, I, I don't do that. But it was when I was having conversations with them about, and I'm talking, you know, one-on-ones, um, and we were training, we were, we were, because because I think if I just take a step back, I think what the, the ideal that I was buying into and what society was sort of pushing on us was that if you looked a certain way, then your life would be a certain way. So if you looked perfect, then your life would be perfect. And that is what I think caused this huge chasm of like, um, because that, that, it, that, that sort of, it's a lie. Do, do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. for me, the more I obsessed over looking a certain way, the more miserable I became because the pressure to maintain the body, the um, the unhealthy habits and behaviours I was displaying to maintain that body was having such a negative effect on my mental health and my relationships that I was miserable. And so I'm like, well, this is bullshit. We're being sold some, um, you know, it, it, it's not, it's simply not true. And it was only through talking to my clients who were also experiencing the same thing. So they would lie there and complain about their husbands or their partners. Um, you know, their kids were doing X, Y, Z. They were miserable. They couldn't, they had no purpose in life. They were, they hated their job. Like all this. And I'm like, oh my God, like where is all of this misery and dissatisfaction and disconnection coming from if we are training the way that society tells us that we should be training? And so that's when I kind of had this aha moment of like, there's a missing link to what it means to be healthy. And there's a missing piece to what it means to be fit. And, and from that moment, uh, my life, even having that kind of realisation and knowing that in myself, I can't live with selling this lie anymore because it's destroying my life. And at the same time, I had met my, um, my now ex-husband, but my, my husband at the time, and he... He was the one that kind of gave me that big reality check and was just like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, you are obsessed with training. You have, you have, you know, I have, I had a, well, I have a 12 year old now, but at the time it was five, you're neglecting him. Like you've just, you're in this bubble of obsession around the way that you look. And if you don't address it, I am the fucking out of here. And, and I was I'm like, actually just going to give you a little bit of credibility that you would spend the time that part of your journey, your part of your life, <clears throat> irrespective of whether you're still together. I think that that you actually step forward, and he's telling you this to be with him. Totally, it's, it's, that's really and amazing. No one ever so, said that to me before. Yeah, and, you know, you need everybody. You need people in your life that are going to pull you up on your shit. Yeah, 
like 100%, even if it's one or two, because you can walk around in this cloud of denial and kind of self-aggrandizement and just, it, it's just, it's not, you know, you do, you need to have somebody outside of yourself to be able to be like, hey, you know, in, in whatever compassionate language you want, but unfortunately this was more of a direct kind of, <laughs> but it's what I needed. Yeah. And um, luckily for me, he, he lived in Bali. And uh, so, you know, I was doing two weeks in Bali, two weeks in Sydney, two weeks in Bali, two weeks in Sydney, going back and forth because my son was in Sydney. And, um, and while I was there, I got to, um, I got to really experience um, training a whole other side of myself that I didn't really even know was separate from my body. Like, I think that's also um, something that we need to unpack a little bit as well is you are not just a body. You are, you are thoughts, you are feelings, your emotions, your decisions, your relationships, your connections, your, all these things. And that has nothing to do with this flesh and blood thing that we walk around in that is completely separate and it requires a completely separate um, training program yeah. <laughs> for you to keep that healthy. But yeah. I don't think a lot of people are aware are aware of that. Now now it's becoming a little bit more accepted in the mainstream that, you know, there's mental health and there's emotional health. But, you know, seven years ago when I got taken to Bali, I got introduced to the concept of the four pillars of health. So mental health, physical health, emotional health, and spiritual health. And um, I was lucky enough to be also um, experiencing a whole range of modalities that were really designed to improve and address the health of each of those pillars. And so I kind of went on this, well, my husband and I went together on this kind of odyssey of like self-discovery. And um, it was amazing. We did, we used ourselves as sort of guinea pigs. We were doing like extreme fasting. We went and, uh, you know, we were doing a whole bunch of stuff just to really experience ourselves at a different level. And the key, I think, that tied it all together was this whole concept of mindset training. And now in the mainstream, it's becoming very, very clear that um, it's the mind that holds you back from being able to achieve the things that you want to achieve, not your physicality. It's the belief system that you have around what you are capable of that will ultimately be the thing that will um, take you out of your comfort zone because you are capable. You are extremely able. Your body, you can push. I mean, we've seen it with ultra runners and, you know, your body is capable of doing things. It's the mind that is the obstacle in our way for us to really, you know, realise our full potential. And so I'm in Bali, I'm doing all of these modalities, I'm feeling fucking the best I've ever felt in so long. And because I was feeling so good, you want to train anyway. Like you, I was kind of training my body because it makes me feel good, but then you're also training your mind and you're, you know, doing all, all this stuff. Um, and so, but we were spending all day doing it. Like you go, you and I'm, I'm serious, six hours. So lucky. You, but, so lucky, but so not efficient and yeah. how do you bring that into the real world we can't yeah um so me being me I'm always looking for like ways to kind of hack things and um you know yeah, get it good. done in the least amount of time <laughs> and then and then like give that to other people because I think that's exactly. what people are looking for is someone to do all the work and then go okay here that's it is right yeah that's right so that's yep. what I did I went and trained in all of the because I was like I need to be able to share this I mean kundalini yoga yeah for me was the cherry 
on top of everything that I had ever done. It was this immensely powerful um, energetic practice that really kind of broke me open in the most incredible way. But I had a look at the practice and I'm like, nobody's going to do this. Right, yeah. It's too, it's too <laughs> fucking weird. Like, yeah. And I'm serious. No, I know. I mean, I loved it. <laughs> I love it too. But, and, but yeah. I, and I'm like, how, how? <laughs> How are we going to bring this into the mainstream? I mean, you've got Russell Brand that, you know, but he's not everybody's cup. And I'm like, you want you want to be able to have everybody feel like it's accessible and they're not going to feel like a complete, you know, weirdo doing it. And, you know, breath work and, and even meditation to a degree, I think have stigmas attached to it, that it's it's woo-woo or it's for hippies or it's for, you know, it's this kind of like spiritual practice. When in actual fact, it's a very physical practice. Mm. And I always like to tie things back to the proven science behind all of these modalities, as well as the spiritual and energetic benefits that it can give you. So, you know, I went off and trained in all of these different modalities. And then I, I was trying to find, you know, a workout that combined them all. And I couldn't find one. There just wasn't one that existed. There was, you know, there was like a, a you know, yoga is physical and they do a bit of breath work and meditation, but then they didn't have that kind of aha thing at the end, that mindset training, which for me is the, you know, is the pinnacle of like training full yeah. stop. Um, but then you go into like a breath work session and I didn't feel like I was getting a good workout. Like there was all this stuff that was sort of missing. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to make it because I feel like, and, and in, in my experience, you know, you can do one 20 minute meditation a week and it's not going to give you the benefit as like five, five minute meditations every day. And I felt like if I broke things up and just like pulled out the kind of core of it, you know, without all the stuff around the edges, the thing that's going to give you the goal, the result and sort of structure in a way that is accessible. So you're not doing too much of anything. It, it is supportive, it's non-judgmental, it's a private sort of experience. I'm guiding you through it the whole way. It's safe because it's, you know, it's rooted in Pilates. So it's a safe, it's a safe practice. Um, and I was like, I really want to create a workout because I, I feel like people still want to do a workout when they train. Yeah. yeah. I want to create a workout that combines mental training physical training emotional health training and the mindset training the you know that spiritual connection training into one that you can do in under an hour and so that is um that is what kaya is that's that's how it was born and let me tell you it was a thousand different things before it was kaya so it's not like i woke up one day going oh there i've got it you know this is a 15 year journey of my own experiences, the, the you know the, the the failures, that all of it, um, and and I and I this is what I've kind of landed on, and it's been unbelievable. I tell you, the last year has just been incredible, um, and with with the community that has kind of grown from this practice. So yeah, mm. I can see that. I can see the growth. In the community and I can see the response and sort of I kind of gravitated towards that because I could see some really beautiful messages to you um, how you were helping people so much one of the things that I personally picked up on is um, that you continue to be incredibly genuine with things that you're going through in your life 
Um, and I feel like that that's actually people that do that are incredibly courageous. I I I struggle with it myself. I, I find it really hard to let people know publicly <laughs> what's going on. Um, but I do have a huge amount of respect that people are able to verbalize it in a way where they go, okay, this is the shit that's happening and this is how I'm feeling and this is what I'm going to do about it. But I get a sense that you go through moments and you bring it into your classes and it resonates with All the, the people in front, right? I mean, Look, you are so living this. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So just to bring in some context, when I was doing the free classes during the lockdown, towards the end of it, I was getting 700 people a day into the class. So for me to then have to try and find out what everybody else is going through to like, it's impossible. Yeah. So I, I had to kind of take the punt that if I'm feeling a certain way, then there has to be some people out there that are also feeling the same way that I am because I'm just a human like you. You know, I have the same self-doubts and, and, you know, stories in my head and this, I'm not sitting here for, by any stretch of the imagination saying that I've worked it all out or I'm healed or I'm in like, like, no, yeah. <laughs> okay. let it be clear by that. I am growing with you. I am experiencing life with you the same way that everybody else is. And I am by far, far from perfect. Um, but I had to take the punt that, you know, by being vulnerable and sharing my experiences, and I'm talking like I, you know, Adrian and I announced our separation on a Zoom class in front of 400 people because I felt like, you know, we'd been through so much together. This was right at the end. This was like September when we were coming to the end of our lockdown. These people had been with us <laughs> from the get-go and I was like, I can't, I said to Adrian, you know, the night before, I was like, I can't actually turn up to Zoom tomorrow yeah. and lie. Like, I, I, it's Absolutely. just not, it's not yeah. who I am. Yeah. And it was, it was hard. And there was, I mean, and then afterwards we were like, oh my God, did we just completely overshare? <laughs> was that way too much information? But I tell you what, I think if I, if, if that's what it takes for somebody else to find the courage to be able to address the things in their life that they've been suppressing or not talking about or um, feeling alone with, then I will fucking go there. Like yeah. I will do that. You can know me. I'm an open book. I have this. I mean, I feel like, especially now in this day and age, if you are trying to build an audience, you owe that audience your whole self. There's just no other way that you can, it's not, you know, there's engagement, but there's retention. You want them to stay with you on the on your journey as well. And if they smell a whiff of <laughs> some kind of bullshit, yeah. they're off. You yeah. know, and I think people are really discerning around who they listen to, who they invite into their own experience these days. And um, and I respect that so much. And I am humbled by the amount of people that actually personally reach out to me and tell me that I've had some impact in their life. I mean, I get people still, I walk, I can't walk down the street in Bondi. My TikTok people were actually like, we should do a challenge to see if you can walk Bondi promenade one lap without running into someone that you know, or someone grabbing your hand and like saying thank you to you. And to, to this day, it hasn't happened. As in, I cannot, yeah. <laughs> I can't do this walk. And I'm not famous. It's just that these are these people that were there with me during this really hard time in a lot of people's lives. and 
you know, it, it helped them in some way. And so I feel like if I now try and filter my, what I share or, you know, try and kind of sell or I don't know, it, there's, it's just, first of all, it's not me. I, mm. I can't do that. I'm not that kind of um, stuff comes out, comes out wrong. It comes out weird. It just comes out the way it comes out. And, and I think that, that people like that. Yeah. I don't know. I, can't I think the listeners way. are going to love this because I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm, you know, I'm here with you now and I can feel that there's just, you're so genuine and it's, um, yeah, just so inspiring to listen to your story and, and this place that you've got to, you know, from, from DJ through the, through the, know. you know, the Insta famous fitness person now going, Hey, Hey, look guys, this is my life. You know, I, this is my purpose. And I think this is, sort of the part of the podcast that I've got to where I've got like one last question I have just been yeah. absolutely enthralled by your story so um I think it, it gets to a you know a stage of life that uh and I think you're maybe early 40s I'm taking a stab here I'm 45 okay 40, 46 this year okay awesome so it's a good age <laughs> it's a great age it's amazing any other age yeah, yeah. I, I mean I remember hitting my early 40s and probably like you was smashing out a ton of workouts, probably looking really fantastic. And um, I'm speaking for you, by the way. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I was pregnant. I, I had yeah. my second child at 42. So did I. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. yes, you're right. I was, yeah. yeah, I was training and, you know, I was really yeah. into all of that stuff. Yeah. So yes. But the other part is that there's something about crossing the line as a 40 year old woman that you just think this is it. I'm here, bitches. <laughs> you know, there In is. those words. Yeah. And, and, and you just go, I've I've left all of that behind and this is where I'm going. And and there is that real, like I can see it in women that they have their 40th and they kind of tentatively or fearfully enter the 40s, but then they realize the 40s is not that bad because it's like naughty 40s. Uh, and 40s is exceptional. I shaved my head. Like, yeah. I'm, you know what I mean? In my yeah. 40s. And so. then when you get to about where you're at now, this is why I've kind of connected with, um, you know, some of the, the um, messages that you're putting out in the world is because you are really going into the most incredible stage of life, which is, um, you know, you, you've been able to figure out all the things that are really important to you. You've mm -hmm. figured out your purpose. You've made your purpose your passion, and now your passion is what you get up for every day, and you just happen to get fucking paid for it. <laughs> How amazing. Sometimes, if I stop giving right. stuff away for free, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but there's a little bit, there's a little bit of that too. And it, you know, we yes. and we also know that it comes back, right? So absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, I'm excited because I'm watching you go into like the really cool stuff. Uh, physically, just a heads up. <laughs> there's some gnarly shit that's about to happen in the hormonal um area but i but i know that you will be on top of it because um you're a person that looks at the science and um you know you're in the exactly. fitness industry as well so you you'll be able to sort that out so um so my question is and it's really basic is um there's two words sexy and aging what do they mean for you <laughs> Well, I mean, sexy is a state of mind, you know, it's confident. And I think, um, you know, I've really, it, not to sort of rain on the parade of the people of, in their 20s or 30s, but I, like, I, I really feel like I know who I am and that can only come through experience. Um, I think also 
being responsible for other humans. So having kids gives you a whole different perspective in your life around what's important and what is sexy. And, and I have a boy and a girl. So, you know, I've got to really, I guess, be mindful of the messages that I'm sending out to them in terms of what is healthy, what is sexy, what is, what is all of it, you know, um, and aging, ugh, growing. <laughs> oh, I all love growing. it. You, you just flipped it, right? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it's the state of mind. And um, I just, I think that it's, I don't know what 45 is supposed to feel like because I'm, I'm only me. And I feel the best I've felt in my life. I'm I'm on my path. I'm living my purpose. I'm creating the life that I I want. Um, I have the tools to be able to do that. You know, I do. I trust my intuition. I can sit here and be unapologetic. I'm not gonna. Um, I'm not going to sh- shrink for anybody no. else. And I think that. That is that is sexy aging to me. It is so, so sexy right there. Yeah. Um, just to wrap up the podcast, and I could talk to you for hours, but um, so where to from here? What 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 are your dreams and aspirations for the future? Because the future is, I mean, like you you're kind of you're probably about the midway mark, and then it just gets really really amazing. So yes, where, oh, where do you so see we've that? We've got for so many plans. I mean, we're trying to we're we're in we're in this amazing growth uh, phase of higher at the moment really trying to scale the business globally so um obviously because i'm just one person we're focusing very much on online i've got some incredible activations coming on i'm actually coming to new zealand yeah for a series of, <laughs> uh, workshops and retreats in august um i've got so yeah i mean it's just growth it's we we, we are growing and i've and i've got an, an amazing team starting to kind of um manifest around me and I'm just really trusting the space that I'm in. I, what I've learned um, with this business is to not push and go out for everything. As long as I am doing the inner work and staying like true to myself and being clear with my intentions, then things just start to kind of self-organize around me. And one of the big things that I made a commitment to myself about this year was, um, you know, to do as much as I can to not have to ever second guess my decisions. Because, and, and decision-making comes from cultivating energy across all of those pillars because it comes from being able to manage your emotions, being in um, a clear state, which is healthy body, healthy mind, healthy connections. And for me, Kaya, and I know that not just for me, but for a lot of people, is that difference between sort of working out to change your body and working out to change your life because it can have life-changing effects on you if you are consistent with it. If you consistently um, remain in this kind of higher emotional state, then that has a huge ripple effect across your life. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, that's basically my mantra now for, for life and beyond is just trust my process and see what the universe has in store. <laughs> oh, love, 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 love that so much. Um, thank you for giving us some time and t- telling your story. I, I'm totally blown away. I'm like, I could have been a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> you still can be. I what actually do you mean, did, could have. No, I Go. did. The headphones look really good on you. Thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> I did the um, did the lessons when I was 48. So there you yeah. go. It's I never always too have, late. Well, I ever. was gonna play for my 50th, 
and then that was in the middle of the pandemic so right but it's not too late because I might it's bring it back too late. It's anybody too late that rocks anything. up for that birthday and the decks are there they know what's about to go down <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming I'll jump on with you there you go oh my special <laughs> guest thank you so much oh thank you so much for having me Tracy really it was an absolute uh it was a delight you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed talking with my guest. I'm so grateful to learn that so many people are sharing the podcast with their families and friends. If you are a new listener, then I encourage you to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I'd also love to know how you feel about the content, so take a quick minute to review and send your feedback. If you're a Spotify listener, there is also a poll and a question at the end of every episode, and I'd love to gain your insights there. Till next time, Keep it sexy.